The first reading is Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. All is vanity. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south, goes round to the north, round and round goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run into the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it has said, see, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any resemblance of later things yet to be among those who come after. Thanks be to God for his word. The second reading is from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. A time for everything. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. The God-given task. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. His, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end, I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. 
also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. From dust to dust. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every matter and for every work. Thanks be to God for his word. Thank you, Anne. Let's just spend a few moments quiet. Lord, help us to hear and to listen. May my words be the words you wish me to speak. In Jesus' name. Amen. Last Sunday, I wasn't here. I was listening to the sermon on, on Facebook. And uh, Simon was announcing that there would be an end to wisdom passages last week. And they would take back up in two weeks' time. I was uh, feeling a bit better, thinking, I can choose my own sermon. Great. And then I text Simon in the middle of the week, and he went, no. <laughs> I, was a, I misspoke. <laughs> it's only the week that the, that the missionaries from Albania are coming. There's going to be a break. So I'll do it. Ah, oh, thanks, Simon. <laughs> so I was musing on uh, Ecclesiastes. And musing is a, an interesting word because it just bemused me, to be totally honest. I was reading through it and I was looking at it and I'm thinking, it reminded me of that program, Grumpy Old Men. You know, where men who have made it in this life, who are now sitting around with the things around them that, they've, that, that their wealth has bought, and they're going, oh, these youngsters are terrible. Oh, life is awful. Oh, it wasn't like this in my day. And some of us are lucky to live with grumpy old men, aren't we? And then I was thinking, you know, this, is, this passage is supposed to be written by Solomon, the man who had wealth beyond what we can imagine, who had a kingdom that was running generally okay. Generally okay. We do know that when Jeroboam came to the throne, because of the taxes and the distrust and the, the, the failure to do what God had said, that the kingdom then splits just after Solomon's reign. So there was some disasters going on that we don't get told much about in the book of Kings until Jeroboam comes on the throne and takes the blame. Yeah? But so Solomon was sitting there in his finery, in his old age, in his glory and splendor and wisdom going, oh, meaningless, meaningless, 
all is vanity. And I'm thinking, oh, come on, get a life. And then we move on a little bit. We move on to chapter 3, where, you know, some of you, and I can see some of you now, in your floral prints with your peace and love placards, standing outside somewhere going, there is a season, turn, turn, turn. Sorry. Um, when you start singing, sorry, I got, I got a bit carried away there. And there's a whole concept of this change of attitude in chapter 3. And I'm thinking, well, what's done it? But then, you know, at the end of chapter 3, it comes back again. To dust we are, to dust we shall return. Woe is me. And he reminded me of E.O. from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, do we have to go out? Oh, do we have to go and play poo sticks? There's a whole image of this grumpiness, this misery. And I'm thinking... And this is supposed to be about wisdom and understanding and knowledge and leading and guiding. And I think, oh. And then I sort of thought, yeah, you know, I was telling someone this morning that on Wednesday I went into work and I wasn't feeling it. We had a party to go to and I wasn't feeling it. And my staff weren't feeling it. And I was trying to deal with my staff to chivvy them up to make sure we got this barbecue and we got the Caribbean music and we went for it. And I'm going, oh. And people said, oh, it's the best party we've ever had. <laughs> okay. Okay. But life catches up with us, doesn't it? You know, Solomon with all his rich, richness and his splendor, life caught up with him and he realized that things weren't as good as they could have been. Life caught up with him and in wisdom he realized that his kingdom could have been better. His laws could have been fairer. His taxes could have been fairer. His demand on the work to build the temple could have been done better. And he's go, looking at his country going, I didn't quite get it right. An interesting part about Ecclesiastes is that it seems to contrast two different experiences. One is under the sun. So when you stop and you reflect, in your everyday life, in the things that you do every day, and you're reflecting and you're going, life isn't great. Life could be better. Life could be more meaningful. And you begin to drool down to something that's not a good place to be. I, I'm not the positive person that people think I am. I try to be positive. Two of my favorite songs are um, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. That's my recessional hymn for my funeral, okay? <laughs> and You've Got to Have Heart. 
got, you've got to have heart is from a thing called Damn Yankees. It's about uh, a, an older man who is transposed into a younger man's body to play for his team, the Yankees. Um, and the team is not the best team in the world. It's when you're languishing at the bottom of some of the words in you've got to have heart and things aren't going well and your bases are all loaded and someone catches the ball you know, and they go you gotta have heart miles and miles and miles of heart they're going yeah so i love those two songs because they challenge me when i'm going things need to get better they're not as good as they should be i'm going yeah always look on the bright side of life you've got to have heart we can do this Next steps, let's light the barbecue. <laughs> and in this passage, Solomon moves to that bit in chapter 3, where he's now not looking at his life under the sun. He's looking at his life under the heavens. And he's looking at his life under what God is doing, under what God is in control of, which is everything. I will give you that but initially his depression his downward spiral his way he was feeling was not great and then he comes to chapter 3 and he begins to see that there is a time for everything ordered by God now you know, I'm, I'm not saying that everything every little bit of our lives every you know, careful I'm not that bad you but he's looking at his life in reflection with what God has done with him and for him and what God can do with him and for him into the future. And he begins to, to just liven up a little. He begins to see who he is and what's happened. And things aren't as bleak as he thought initially. It's interesting that in chapter 1 and until towards the end of chapter 2, there's no mention of God whatsoever. And in chapter 3, there's a little bit about God. And as you move on through the book, it gets a little bit better until you get to the end, the culmination, where the writer says, remember your creator in the days of your youth, that it might go well with you in your old age. And he says, follow the commands of the God who leads you. So the book is expressing a realistic view of what our life can be like and what the people's lives around us can be like and we are called to look beyond that and look at what god is doing in this situation where is god breaking in where is god moving us to so that we can be the people that god has called us to be dealing with the difficulties that we face, the difficulties that other people face. Mending, loving, sowing, reaping, doing all the things that bring joy and happiness. And I, I'd love to be that person that's always there. In fact, I'm not. You, I'm not that person that's always there. And we need, to, we need to be focusing on who God is and what God is doing. And what is God telling us to do? 
you know, I, I'll be honest, I just walked downstairs to go to the loo and I came up and thought, we still haven't started the downstairs yet. I'm not blaming anybody, right? Yay! <laughs> you know, and I'm going, mm, in myself. Good news, thank you. And you'll, we'll look, we're easily discouraged. And what we need to be is easily encouraged by what God is doing in us and with us and around us so that we can be the people that can change our world. I was, I, I could have preached a really political sermon about how, you know, wickedness is in the sense of, is instead of justice. You know, the, you know people are robbing, righteousness is gone. You know, and I could say, look at our current state of affairs. But I want it to be about us, about us as a fellowship, about how we can be different as we reflect on what God is doing with us as individuals, with us as a community, and looking for God at work, building, restoring, renewing. Because we all know that death's the final word, don't we, in this life. And then we have a hope of glory in Christ Jesus. But we want to be living now so that we, we can bring glory to God and reflect God's glory back. Let's just spend a few moments quiet again. Thank you, Nigel. If we'd coordinated a bit more, I would have done the prayers of Eeyore. But uh, um, when Judith asked me to, um, I'm sorry, when um, I was asked last week to do prayers, I thought I would um, bring prayers that are a part of our tradition at our church in the United States um, on Tuesday mornings there's a group that gathers to pray and since 2021 we've been using prayers out of the new Mennonite hymnal and so um, the prayers today are from that hymnal there are parts um, in the prayers where there is a time for silent reflection um, and after each of those I will say God of mercy and then we will respond hear our prayers let us pray spirit help us in our weakness for we do not know how to pray as we ought but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words glorious God we bring our prayers to you as acts of love for you and for our neighbors God of mercy hear our prayers we pray for ourselves and for those dear to us. God of mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for our community and for our neighbors. God of mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for the church. God of mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for the world. God of mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for other concerns we carry in our hearts. 
God of mercy, hear our prayers. God of grace and glory, you fling the stars into the heavens. You see every sparrow fall. Deepen our trust in the mystery of your powers, shining through Christ Jesus. God will guide us continually and satisfy our needs in parched places, and we shall be like water gardens, like springs of water, whose waters never fail. Amen. Go, and as we go, let us remember this. In grace we were created. In mercy we have been sustained. In love we will be held forever. And our God goes with us into his world. Amen.